The following episode has been recorded in advance of tonight's broadcast. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mark My Words here on the Life Coach Radio Network. I'm Mark Shaw, broadcasting from New York City. I'm a certified life and business coach, and twice per month I host Mark My Words, which is a life coaching-oriented show where I interview various people with inspiring life stories of overcoming adversity. I also speak with authors of great coaching-related books and programs, as well as many others who have great things to say. And I sometimes coach listeners who call in live on the air. So tune in the first and third Sunday of every month. Tonight is another coaching hour, and we already have some callers in the queue, so we're going to jump right in and get started with some coaching here on Mark My Words. And our first caller for the evening is already on the line, and that's Bree from Brooklyn. Bree, thank you for calling Mark My Words. Hey, Mark. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, certainly. I'm glad, you, uh, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you got through. How can I help you tonight? So here's what's been going on. So I kind of get myself caught up in other people's stuff when it affects who, you know, when it affects me. If it hurts me or if it disappoints me, I have a hard time really separating that that just might be their stuff and have nothing to do with me. So I can give you an example. Mm -hmm. So yesterday I was going to visit my parents. I was on my way back from the Hamptons. I wasn't sure what the traffic was going to be like. I needed my brother to do me a quick favor. He got in my car. And when he got in the car, he just started like, you know, like, why did you do this? And you shouldn't have done that. And, you know, he was like, clearly like upset about something that had to do with my dad. And like, Mm -hmm. I was like, really? Like, why are you talking to me like that? Like, you know, there's no reason to be so aggressive. There's no reason to talk to me that way. And I had everything under control, like what I needed, blah, blah, blah. But, like, the fact that he spoke to me in that tone really, like, just affected my mood. And I kind of, like, got caught up in it. Like, and it affected my mood from when I got to my parents' house. You know, and that's not cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he was lashing out. I was just, you know, going about my business. Mm -hmm. This also happened recently with a friend who said that he was joking about something that I didn't know that he was joking And, like, after he was joking and, like, he finally told me he was joking, I I still wasn't okay with it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, so he behaved in a way that I didn't appreciate. And it just really, like, affected me again and brought my energy, like, way down. Like, really Mm -hmm. down. So my energy levels flux when this happens. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so what I'm hearing is that you let other people's crap get all over you and affect you. Yeah, I totally absorb it. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, and that could be really challenging. That could be really difficult to to not absorb, especially when it's particularly strong, right? Um, so tell me a little bit, when that happens, what what are some of the thoughts? Like someone is, is dumping their stuff at you and they're in that place, right? What are some of the thoughts that you start to have? I think immediately I don't realize that they're dumping their stuff at me. Like I personalize it really quickly. Uh-huh. So I, you know, I get defensive and then it takes me a little while to like go back to what happened 
and like make me realize that, you know what, I shouldn't have responded that way. I shouldn't have like got angry back at them, you know? So what I do is I, you know, so in other words, it's like my brother is like barking at me. I'm going to bark right back instead of like taking a deep breath and saying, you know, um, this has nothing to do with me. This is him. He's angry about something and he's just putting it on me. So, yeah. So the thoughts are like, I'm angry. I'm frustrated. Like I get defensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you get angry, you get frustrated, you get defensive. And give me again the thoughts that generate those feelings. So when, like for yesterday, like when my brother got in the car and he just like right away was like, why didn't you call daddy? Why didn't you do this? And why didn't you do that? And I was like, well, why are you yelling at me? Like, it was like his approach put me on the defensive. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you know, let's just have a conversation, you know? So when yeah. something, when I don't agree with the way that somebody is speaking to me, it's hard for me to like take it from where it's coming. And what is it about that that triggers you and makes it hard for you to accept? I personalize it. It's like it's being, it's like at me. It's like I take it as like someone trying to tell me what to do, somebody barking an order at me, somebody mm-hmm. not having faith that I know the right thing to do. Yeah, so, so the thoughts are they're, they're, they're yelling at me, they're telling me what to do, they're dumping their crap on me, right? Um, and then they get angry and you get frustrated. Exactly. Right. And then what, how do you react then to all of that? What is it that you do? So I use, like, sarcastic humor a lot. <laughs> so, like, okay. so, like, yesterday, like, I told my brother, I was like, you know, I wasn't really expecting you to be at the house. You know, I wasn't really expecting there to be company. And he's like, I'm company? Like, meaning, like, I'm your brother and I'm company? And I'm like, yeah, well, you don't live there. So, yeah, you're company. So he didn't appreciate that, you know what I mean? So, like, you know, like, I, I get really sarcastic and somewhat obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess that's my defense mechanism. Okay, great. So you get sarcastic, you get obnoxious because you're frustrated and, and you're, you're pissed off that, you know, he's putting yeah. all this stuff on you that's got nothing to do with you, right? Mm-hmm. He's telling you what to do and all that. Yeah, and, and, you know, it makes sense. No one likes to be told what to do. Uh, no one likes to be dumped on, right? So when you're thinking, he's dumping on me and telling me what to do, of course you're going to feel frustrated and then have whatever reaction you have when you get frustrated, which you're telling me is to, is to get sarcastic and, and whatnot. So, yeah, yeah that, that makes a lot of sense. What I'm curious about is if you had a different set of thoughts and feelings when this happens, what difference would that make for you? Um. It kind of goes back to, like, taking it from where it comes and not getting caught up. And there are certain times that I could really do that. There are certain times when, like, certain people can project their issues at me, and I can remove myself very easily. How do you do I've that done when that you're before. able to? What do you, what, do, what do you do to make that happen? Oh, I just won't engage in it. I just, I'll just remove myself from the conversation. I just won't engage. I just won't get caught up in it. I'll just realize that it's their stuff and not my stuff. Um, okay. The reason why it's different with, like, these two people that I described is because one person is my brother and one person is, like, my boyfriend. So it's like mm-hmm. these are really significant people in my life. 
Right. So just walking away and shutting down doesn't feel like much of an option for you then. Correct. So you know what I'm curious about is what would it take for you or how, benefic- how beneficial would it be for you if you're able to bring that thought that you just gave me, right, that this is just about them, this is not about me, blah, 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 and utilize that to create a way of staying engaged instead of using, using that as a way of getting disengaged. Like I'm, I'm kind of like role-playing it in my head right now. Mm-hmm. So how beneficial would it, now what would it look like yet? But how beneficial would it be if you could even do that? Yeah, I mean, I guess I would have to find a way to get past that body language or the tone of the voice that really sets me off. Yes, okay, great. So what I really love, Bree, is that you're aware of the nonverbals that you're sending out, right? Because I think that's really helpful. When people aren't aware of that stuff, it makes it much, much harder for them. Right? Okay. It makes it much, much harder for them to, to, to be able to make a change. So I love that you're aware of your body language and your tone that gives away your anger and your frustration. So, but I'm also, I'm sorry, Mark, I'm also referring to their tone and their body language that really sets me off. I you know, see. Like, yeah, yeah. To I'm more referring talk. to their body language. You know what I mean? Gotcha. How, they're, how, they're, how I'm receiving their message. Mm-hmm. Okay, great, great. So, all right, and that makes sense too, right? Because when somebody's communicating with us, we're responding not just to what they're saying, but how they're saying it, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, and so you're, 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 you're very well aware of that. So if you... So again, if you were to change the thoughts from, oh, they're dumping this on me, they're telling me what to do, to, okay, this really has nothing to do with me, they're just kind of dumping it in my space, they're not telling me what to do, they're just angry, they're upset, they're venting, right? Um, How would you feel? How would that shift your emotional experience of that? It, it would probably make a difference. What I'm concerned about is in that moment, like how I would be able to really make that realization. Because I make the realization sometimes hours later. You know, like, you know, like, you know, like if someone sets me off and they're argumentative about something, it immediately puts me into an argumentative position. You know, um, whereas there are times when, like, things happen, and I'm like, well, there's no reason to be arguing about this. Like, it was just an innocent mistake. And, like, I could redirect the conversation with certain people. You know what I mean? And, like, sometimes you have to just redirect it. And, like, I'm able to do that. For some reason, with my brother and with Tom, I'm not able to do that. And the interesting thing is they're very similar. They're very similar in in their personalities. Mm Mm-hmm. What what gets in your way of being able to do that with them? I'm frustrated. Mm-hmm. I, you know, um, I, it's interesting because I identified yesterday that they're both really very similar in their approach and how they handle things. And I'm very aware that a lot of times it's just their personality, but I get hurt. I get hurt because of what I said earlier. Like, I feel like they don't have faith in me and they don't trust me to make the right decision about certain things, whatever the scenario is. You know, um, when somebody questions, like, my ability to, like, do the right thing or me making, like, a decision, I take really great pride in that. 
and, and how I make decisions. Like my brother yesterday was concerned that I wasn't being considerate of my dad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like that hurt me because my dad is like my world. I would never go out of my way to hurt my father or to inconvenience him or to not be appreciative of any of the things that he's done. And, you know, like my brother was suggesting that. So that made me really angry. Yeah. So he was suggesting that you, that the way you were interacting with taking care of your dad was not adequate. Yeah, like he, you know, the bottom line was, was like my dad was cooking and I should have told my dad like two hours ago that I wanted him to cook for me, but I couldn't make that decision two hours ago because I didn't know what kind of traffic I was going to be in. So I wasn't really thinking about it. You know, Mm -hmm. my brother just felt that I was being inconsiderate and that wasn't the scenario at all. So basically what it comes down to in this conversation, I'm realizing it, when people assume things about my behavior, that pisses me off. Of course. Of course, and that, that, that pisses most people off, right? Um, yeah. And I'm wondering what another interpretation might be when he says that to you um, that might be more empowering than he's criticizing me and is telling me that I'm inadequate. What's another way of interpreting that instead of interpreting it that that's what they're saying to you? Because what I'm hearing is that you're taking it personally. Like yeah, it's yeah, personal totally. affront to you, right? What if it wasn't? What if it wasn't? What else could it be? It could be their need for controlling the situation. Okay. You know, it could be their role in my life where they feel like, you know, they know better than I do. Um, It could be like they're trying to educate me, teach me, protect me. I mean, because this happens in a lot of different scenarios with these two particular individuals. You know, um, I just gave you one concrete example from one of them. Um, You know, so, yeah, so it's personal for me because it's being directed at me. You know what I mean? And it's it's because of something that I may have done or may not have done. Um, Uh But, but, from what I know about these two individuals, they, you know, they have a lot of their own stuff. And, you know, right. That's, that's where I was, that's where I was looking at. Okay. If it, what if it's a really just, what if you recognize in a moment that it's what they're expressing has more to do with their stuff than anything with you? Because it sounds like you kind of get that to a degree that it's coming from some of their own stuff. You know, I do, I do, I do, you know, I just, you know, what I'm struggling with is, like I said, that, that moment when it happens and, like, going from, like, zero to bitch in, like, this, in, in, like, 30s, in, like, less than 30 seconds. Gotcha. Like, okay. So it's how yeah, do you not like, get triggered in the moment? Exactly. That's what I'm struggling with. So, like, how do I, like, just, like, kind of, like, take a deep breath and put myself, and I could do that. I totally get that. It's just that for some reason, you know, when there's a stronger emotional connection, as there certainly would be with a family member or a boyfriend, it it sounds like it's harder to do that, even though you know you can in other situations. Um, Yeah. You know, and that's that's pretty normal, I think. That's pretty common. Um, I certainly experienced that, too, with certain people in my life as well who can send me from zero to 60 in two seconds. Um, So that makes a lot of sense. And I guess I'm curious about two things. You know, so one thing is, you know, like you just said, I could take a breath and I could take a deep breath. And, you know, there's things that you could do in the moment, like just breathing and pausing before you, before you react, you know, respond so that you're in a better position to be able to respond 
um, and not react. Um, and there's actually there's a little four-step uh, sort of process that uh, uh, that I've heard where you know first is to pause. You just press the pause button, pause, and then ask yourself, like, what's my level of reactivity here? And you'll recognize, like, wow, I'm really reactive. You know, it's really high. Um, and then recognizing that it's your reaction in that moment that is really the true enemy, not the other person and not what they said to you, but the reaction you're having in the moment is really the enemy in that moment. Is it not? Yeah, no, you're, you got it. That's, right? that's true. Yeah. And then the fourth step is to then let go of your way of doing things and connect to the bigger picture of what's truly going on and what truly matters in that moment. Now, as oh. you hear that, what, what value do you see in that? What do you, what do you connect to in that? Well, I'm not at 60 anymore. You know, my, my, my blood is not boiling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not frustrated. I'm not, you know, I'm calm. I'm peaceful. I'm, you know, like, yeah, like I'm very um, <clears throat> probably thinking a little bit clearer also. And what's I the just, bigger picture that you would connect to in that moment? As we um, say, connect to the bigger picture. What is the bigger picture? Your brother thinks you made a bad decision about having your dad make dinner. And what's the bigger picture that's more important than what your brother thinks of this dinner situation? What's really going on? What's it really about? What's the bigger picture to connect to? The, the bigger picture is like my brother is telling me what to do or not telling me what to do. That's the I reaction to, mode. My react. That's the react. That's the reactivity that you're in. Yeah. The true I'm bigger picture about. I get you. So let me let me let me rework it a little bit. What what's the bigger picture that you and your brother are truly both committed to at that point? You're momentarily in a disagreement, but what's truly the bigger picture that you're both committed to in that point? Mark, you know, I think I think the more and more that we're talking and the more and more I'm thinking, I think this is all reactionary on both levels to something much more than just dinner. I yes. think, you know, it's not about the dinner. Who it's cares not about, about the dinner. The dinner? You know, right. I eventually told my brother, you know, I'm going to be 41 years old. If I want to make dinner, I can figure it out. I don't, you know what I mean? Like I, you know, there, there's so anger, right. So, what is it about? What is the bigger thing that it's about? There's definitely issues with my brother and I. It, it's definitely, you know, we've had differences for a really long time. Um, he doesn't agree with a lot of my choices. He is very, you know, he he communicates that he doesn't agree with my lifestyle, and you know, he tries to like play the big brother like I know better than you card when he's really my little brother mm-hmm. and I think it's all about like the fact that you know like I'm not in you know a, a relationship I'm not married I had to move back with my family after I got divorced I had to move back into his room you know um mm-hmm. you know for me these were decisions that I had no choice but to make for my brother, he's still judging me. So, like, you know, like, he was saying that I was being inconsiderate to my dad. But what he's hearing, but what he sees is that I'm a 41-year-old girl who's living at home with her parents and taking advantage. 
of the parent. Right. So it's not just that you're being inconsiderate to your dad in that moment by having him make dinner. It's just, hey, Bree, let me point out once again how you're totally leeching off mom and dad. Now you want dad to cook your freaking dinner? Yeah, that's totally it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That makes, yeah. Yeah, so that, that's what I mean about the bigger picture. That's right, yeah. really what's going on. It's not about the dinner, right? Yeah, no, of course. It's the thing behind the thing. <laughs> that's right. And then, at another layer, the thing behind the thing that's behind the thing <laughs> mm-hmm. is that you both care a lot about your dad. Yeah. Right? And mm-hmm. that, and, and then, and that, you know, it's hard for him to see what looks like an inconvenience to your dad caused by you. And it's hard for you to be in the position that you're in too. You don't want to be there any more than your brother doesn't want you to be there. I'm guessing. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like you're making me aware again that my life is, you know, not where it should be at this stage of my game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And how true is it, Bree, that that's what you're really getting defensive about? I guess now that we're talking about it, I see it that way. It's in the moment I don't. You know yes. what I mean? Like we had Great. to break it down just now. You yep. know, like in that moment when it was happening, it was like, holy shit, who are you talking to? Why are you talking to me like that? You don't tell yeah. me what to do. You know, like that. You know, and but so now one of the that things... we're breaking it down, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so, so that's one of the things I think is likely to happen for you now is I know your question is still, okay, how do I get that in the moment? One of the things that I, that, I, that I know is that frequently the very thing that will help you get it in the moment is simply the fact that we uncovered it now in a way that that's now a bell that can't be unrung. Totally, totally. Right? So you can utilize the anxiety that you feel, and I'll plant a seed here that will help you as well, you can use the anxiety that you feel when it comes up in the moment as the, the trigger to help you remember, oh, I'm doing my thing again. I'm having my reaction to my life circumstances again. He's mm-hmm. reminding me again, right? And that's really what I'm reacting to, right? And then come up with a response that addresses the true bigger picture, not the dinner, Right? But what would you say to him? Let's suppose you had no fear. Let's go back to the dinner example. Suppose you had no fear, right? And you were really able to respond truthfully to what you know this is really truthfully all about in a really loving way. What would you say to your brother? So, hey, Tony. So, you know, my life didn't really turn out the way I wanted it to. Um, And that was hard for me to accept for a lot of different reasons. I recognize that I had to inconvenience a lot of people because of decisions that I had to make so that I could find my internal happiness. And I'm like really close to that um, emotionally. I may not be there yet financially, but I believe that that will come. And I really need you to respect that my life turned out this way. And I really need for you to just really keep your personal opinions to yourself. Okay, um, let me stop you there. So I loved where you started, right? Mm-hmm. And do you hear how you began to get more into the defensive place again? Which makes a lot of yeah. sense. Of course you're going yeah, yeah, that. yeah, I did. Keep your opinions to yourself. I really need you to, right? Those are things that, right? So I loved it right up until there. 
Can I make a suggestion? Yeah, of course. What if, after you said all the stuff about, you know, I know my life didn't work out the way that I would have wanted to, and, you know, and I'm, almost, and I'm almost there, and in the meantime, I know it's difficult for you and it's upsetting for you to feel like I'm inconveniencing him. Is, is, is it your dad or your dad and your mom? I missed that. My dad and my mom. And your mom, okay. So I know that um, uh, it, it really frustrates you to see me inconveniencing mom and dad. And I just want you to trust and know that I don't enjoy it either, and I hear you, and I'm doing my best. And as much support as you can give me as I work through it. I'd appreciate it. I like it. I like it. You see, because it's not about the dinner, so don't answer about the dinner. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, but it's I have really to be about it's about your relationship that. with it's about your relationship with him. It's about your relationship with your parents. Totally. And try to find what's mutual, right? Yep. So great. So tell me, what's the biggest insight that you got from this call? So I basically knew. This, what we identified, I've known for a while that my brother judges my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but the insight from the call was even heightening my awareness even more to what the symptom was and not actually what was really going on. The dinner was the symptom. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, Address the dinner the was cause. the symptom. Yep. So, so the, the conversation that we had helped me to identify that. You know, and I think when it happens again, I'll have that awareness and I'll be able to, like, really realize what the thing behind the thing was that was a thing. You know what I mean? Like, I'll be able to really put myself in a better situation so that I don't get so frustrated. You know, whether or not my brother accepts what I say to him at that moment, it won't be about that anymore. I'll be able able to, like, absorb it and do what I have to do with the information. Excellent. I'm so glad to hear that. That's great. Me too. Thank you, Mark. You're the greatest. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome, Bree. Thank you so much, and thanks for calling in to Mark My Words tonight. Anytime. Thank you. Mark My Words is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have more than 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our URL, which is audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio, you'll get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And there are some great titles that relate even to tonight's topic. Confidence in Conflict for Everyday Life, Proven Strategies for Conflict Resolution and Communicating Under Pressure, written by Kathy Mangold and narrated by Ben Marins. Do you handle arguments, misunderstandings, and insults with ease? Unfortunately, many of us break down and buckle under or put up our dukes and prepare to fight. None of these gut-level reactions will solve the problem, though. What we need is a plan for transforming our approach to conflict. Confidence in Conflict for Everyday Life reveals how you can manage your response during the most critical moments and stay effective in the midst of stress. In this book, you'll learn the tactics of verbal defense and influence, professional strategies taught by stellar group trainers around the country. And the five essential people skills, how to assert yourself, listen to others, and resolve conflicts, written by the Dale Carnegie Organization. 
Have you ever walked away from a conversation full of doubts and insecurities? Do you feel as if you've lost a little ground after every staff meeting? Most of us are either too passive or too aggressive in our business life, and we end up never getting the support, the recognition, or the respect that we desire. So the business leaders and trainers from Dale Carnegie Training have discovered that applying appropriate assertiveness to all your interactions is the most effective approach to creating a successful career. Once you know and can employ these powerful skills, you'll be well on your way to a new level of professional and personal achievement. And you'll see a transformation once you put these five essential skills to work for you. And now back to Mark My Words with certified life and business coach, Mark Shaw. And our second caller of the evening, now that we're back with the second half of Mark My Words, is Stephanie from New York. Stephanie, thank you for calling Mark My Words. Thank you so much for taking my call, Mark. Oh, certainly, certainly. So how can I help you this evening? Well, I have a situation with my sister, and she is the only family I have. Um, it's, it's complicated because... She basically has a personality disorder, and she has she's also a pathological liar. But in any case, the situation I have is that I've really come to the unhappy decision that I really would like to have no further uh, relationship with her. It's it's better, it's healthier. However, uh, she's the executor of my mother's will. It's almost two years now since my mother passed and she still has not executed the will. Uh, she seems to use it as an excuse to connect, or she wants me to, at my own expense, come down. She lives at the other end of the country. She lives quite, quite a distance away, and she wants me to come and basically spend time away from work where I wouldn't get paid. She doesn't work, basically to go through boxes, and um, and so it's, it's very challenging for me. She also had, there were two wills apparently. The first one had a couple of pages that were very obviously forged. So it's, it's a very challenging situation for me and um, I cannot afford an attorney. So I'm kind of stuck right now and don't really know what to do. And it's causing, it's taking up way too much of my energy. It's draining my energy and making me feel rather powerless. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Wow. That's a lot to be going through, and, and feeling powerless in a situation like that uh, makes so much sense. I mean, it sounds like uh, you, you really, that you've made a very concrete decision uh, based on her mental health challenges and histories that um, it's, it's healthier for you not to have her in your life. Uh, and here it is almost as if she's holding the will over your head uh, to keep you connected and to keep you from making that separation. Um, and that's enough to leave anybody feeling a bit powerless. <laughs> yes, it, 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 it is. Thank you yeah. for saying all that. And, and it sounds like it's been a very, very long and painful road with her over the years, too. So I just want to acknowledge that. Oh, yes, it is. And what I was just going to add is that, of course, she's a real Jekyll Hyde personality. So um, the, the rest of the family sees a totally different person. Yeah, and sure. um, she's—it's very difficult to speak to her because she immediately twists things around, and suddenly, you find yourself in a confrontation. I do not like confrontations at all, mm -hmm. and it's just—it's really, she's kind of crazy, but sure. uh, or just 
there, there's something very toxic about her. There always has been, and it's just getting worse over time. Yeah. And, you know, I so, just want to move forward. So what would you like to have happen by the end of this call? What would you like to get at? Because we can go several different ways. There's, there's exploring the relationship itself and how you came to that decision, unless you're already secure enough in that. I don't know yet. Um, or there's you know, the, the issue of the will. There's, you know, there, there's a lot of ways we can go. What would you like the outcome to be of our call? Well, quite honestly, I, it's, I, I would love to be able to have a relationship with a sister. Unfortunately, this is not the kind of person I, you know, I've come to terms with this and have even been in therapy over this. It's never going to happen because she's not someone that I can trust. Okay, so that's so, a decision that's already made, so we're not really mm-hmm. so we're not exploring that. Okay, so what would you like to have as an outcome of this session? I guess I would like to have some sort of idea or a plan with how to proceed to get things done. I'm not sure that's even possible, but um, you know, other than my kind of withdrawing and almost having fear of confronting her, I'm, I would like to figure out a way to let her know that this has got to be taken care of, that she has to do what she is legally um, bound to do, and she's also been paid for this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you had no fear, what, mm-hmm. would, you, what would you say and do? <laughs> I would I would have a call with her and I would say to her uh look you are the executor you have for years you have kept me out of mom's life and it's been uh the end of this month will be 2 years so this has to get done no I cannot take time away from work I cannot afford to come down there and I really I'm not sure if I should say this, but I really don't want to have to hire my own lawyer to get things mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what is it that holds you back from saying that to her? Um, her crazy-making behavior on the other end of the line. In fact, she starts yelling and screaming as though I'm accusing her of something. She's, uh, she's already been, her, her daughter, who is an LCSW, a, a, a therapist, mm-hmm. once said to me, oh, my God, I have to diagnose my mother as a borderline personality. So if you know anything about this, these are people mm-hmm. that their interpretation is totally off, and she's also extremely passive-aggressive and also very manipulative. So I never know what I'm dealing with, but I know I'm dealing with someone that you can't talk to normally. Mm-hmm. Right. And you said that was her daughter that said that to you? Yes, her daughter did say that to me. Okay. And, and how, um, how helpful do you think her daughter might be able to be? Unfortunately, um, not. Uh, her daughter kind of goes back and forth uh, because her mother is her only family. She lost both her father and her sister. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, it's a little tenuous for her. She would really love to have a relationship with her mother. So she, she kind of doesn't feel that she can take sides in this. Mm-hmm. And I right. also didn't feel right going to her about the, the will and how, you know, what's going on with her mother. Sure, sure. 
Yeah, I, I know that sometimes what people do in situations is they try to get another family member to kind of help facilitate things. That's why I, that's why I had um, I had asked that. But what I hear you saying is that that's that's not something that's necessarily going to work for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your options? Um, I have looked into, unfortunately, the the possibility of legal help that might be either reduced fee or free because I'm concerned that this might be my only option left um, because my sister will not, she just won't, she has a lot that she's hiding, including money that she stole from my mother. Mm-hmm. But there's what, very little way to prove that, unfortunately. Sorry. Mm-hmm. What's the uh, the reason she gives you for not moving forward on this? Oh, um, she's overwhelmed. You know, it's always that she's got so much going on, but she, I don't understand what it is because she doesn't work or do anything. She has. She used to use my mother as an excuse, except she had 24/7 help who not only helped my mother but took care of her too. So, but she doesn't have any excuse anymore. But if I, if I start to ask her, she starts screaming at me and saying I'm making her feel guilty. So it's, it's, it's useless. Mm-hmm. I've come to learn that it's useless. Mm-hmm. And what, would, what, what do you fear might happen if you were to just completely walk away from it and leave it as is? Um, well, I mean, I kind of have to for a lot of it, but it's, um, it's that my, my mother had certain wishes, you know, and I want to respect my mother's wishes. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big part of it is my allegiance to my mother. There are a couple items of mine that I had given my mother that I would like to get. The rest of it, there's some jewelry, um, but otherwise, that's, that's really it. Um, but part of it is just the feeling that my mother has been totally erased, her wishes. Mm-hmm. Um, there yeah. was so much that my sister took advantage of with my mother in her final years, and I just want to honor my mother in some way, and then be. I feel that my sister is partly leaving this open so that she can continue to have some connection to me and to try to manipulate me. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I hear a really strong sense of love, devotion, and connection to your mom. I guess so. There's a, just a feeling I want to respect and honor her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hearing that. What was um, what was your relationship like with her? Um, it was challenging in that um, my sister, you know, she ended up at, at the end living with my sister. She was closer to my sister. Uh, it's basically because she identified with my sister in so many ways. My mother had her own problems, but she identified with my sister. And so then my sister would tell her 
that I wasn't treating her well, and then my mother would call me, and then I would basically talk to my mother and just say, here are the facts, and then my mother would go back to my sister. So my sister kind of played things because my sister had mm. total access to my mother and then eventually got power of attorney and got control of all of her money, and it was just, it was, I I tried to look into you know, uh, elder abuse and looking into that, but basically I was told that um, by by attorneys that it was they would just take my mother away and put her in a nursing home. So um, that was not what my mother wanted. And I didn't know to what extent my sister had been taking advantage of my mother until toward the end. That sounds so painful to experience. Yes, it was. So what what are the emotions that you're experiencing in this for the most part? Oh wow, it's really a mixed bag. A lot of guilt, a lot of sadness. Um, I have a tendency <laughs> not to feel entitled to be angry. I know that sounds weird. So I tend to turn it all upon myself. And I wish I just could walk away. Um, and I'm, I suspect that what I'm going to have to do is take the time off and take the money and fly down there and get my uh, get the these two paintings that belong to me it's actually three um and bring them home and then just cut cut off from my sister you know uh and just have to let it go mm-hmm. so you're saying cut cut off once you get your belongings back, but then cut it off even without the will thing, the, 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 the piece of the will happening. I don't, you know what? I don't think my sister's going to do it. I'm not even sure if the second will is really the legal will. Mm-hmm. As far as I knew, someone else was the executor. I don't know what my, my sister was throwing in front of my mother to have signed. Mm-hmm. So I, I may have to just let it all go. There's even... Um, I should have gotten one-sixth of the proceeds of the sale of the house because my mother was one-third owner. Mm-hmm. But that would take legal, you know, legal help to try to get that. Right. I mean, my, basically my entire, you know, anything that I was, my, my uh, inher- any inheritance is basically gone, except for just very, 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 very little. I mean, my inheritance I have to walk away from. But it wasn't even that so much as my mother's, when I say her will, it was her, you know, her her wishes and her legacy, you know, just, it just doesn't seem right. Um, So what I'm hearing is that while the money part of it hurts, Mm. um, that's not the driving force for you. Uh, It sounds like the things that are most important to you are your, certainly your mother's legacy and wishes being carried out um, and honoring her memory and her legacy. Um, and then, of course, there are, some, you know, there are some material things that are important to you that you want back. Because um, those, you know, those mean something to you. Am yes, I correct about that? You're correct, but as you're saying it, I realize mm, there is some level two. Um, <laughs> some, there is some anger. I... I guess I want my sister 
she has done some really horrible things that I won't even go into, some really horrible, really, really bad things in her life. And I don't know that I want her to get away with this. I feel, you know, what was that old saying? If you can't do the time, don't do the crime. Um, Even forging my mother's will, um, I, I... and she did some awful things to my mother I won't go into. I I kind of feel that she, there should be some justice for her. Mm-hmm. And it, it hurts me that I can't afford to hire an attorney to mm-hmm. fight this. And I'm not sure any attorney really would. Yeah, it, you know, it sounds so complex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in that, you know, could could that even be proven? Right. That she did any of that. You know, the burden of proof, I'm guessing, would be on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and then in the end, what's that going to drag you through? Mm. And what's it going to get you? What, what I'm hearing is that you have an extraordinary need to feel complete with this. Yes. And that that's one way of doing it is, okay, if she pays for what she's done, that'll feel that feels like it would feel complete, right? I, I'm just curious. I'm, I'm, I'm curious, Stephanie, about what, what else you, what other ways could you f- bring yourself to feeling complete about this in a way that honors your, your, your mother's legacy and really declares that it's complete, that's so interesting that you say that. Um, and I also had one quick awareness or realization when I said how I wanted my sister to have some sort of justice. Mm-hmm. I realized I would have an, an enormous amount of guilt about that. Mm-hmm. So with your question, I realized, number one, it probably is best for me to walk away um, because then I will have peace of mind about not having to constantly be exposed to this negative, negative, toxic uh, person. And also um, perhaps writing about this uh, and maybe even um, eventually doing some speaking engagements about this sort of thing. Hmm. And how maybe how letting go perhaps is actually the best way of respecting not only my mother because she wouldn't have liked to see us in battle, mm-hmm. but also of honoring myself. Mm-hmm. That may actually here I was thinking I was procrastinating, but perhaps it was just letting things resolve in my heart, my head, and my soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I get a sense of peace from you as you say that. <laughs> yes, indeed. Indeed. I am feeling it. My stomach feels much better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and I'm wondering too, even down the road, even down the road, um, how, what, what difference it might make once you really have let go and disengage yourself, to mm-hmm. then be able to say some final words to your sister even, but from a place of power and peace, not from a place of anger. 
mm-hmm. if you even need to at that point, which you may or may not. Mm-hmm. That's but if you decided to, you know, how much easier might it be to do that because you're not doing it from, from the place that you'd be doing it from now, which has a lot of fear and a lot of anger and a lot of self-doubt and, mm-hmm. and, and all that sort of stuff. Right. Uh, that sounds like a great... That just sounds great because I'm not sure, you know, thinking about doing it right now, immediately I have all these mixed emotions that you just uh, listed. And, um, you know, who knows if at some point I will be able to talk to her and with her being open and receptive and, and, you know, truthfully and honestly receptive. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe I won't ever even have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that sounds like a, that sounds you know I like the, it makes me feel at peace. Mm, Just that idea great. that that envisioning that. And you know something else that dawns on me, Stephanie, is that um, I know that sometimes when people need to complete communications with others, um, that there are different ways to do that without it having to be a direct communication. Because we can even do it, as I'm sure you're aware, we can even do that after someone has passed if there's incomplete communication there there's still a way to complete that, you know. Um, you talked about writing before, right? So, you know, writing letters uh, really helps. Um, I, I actually knew somebody who wrote a letter to their deceased mother um, <clears throat> to complete some communication, some things that they've never talked about. And she wrote a letter, put it in an envelope, put a stamp on it, and addressed it, Mom, Heaven, and dropped it in the mailbox. Hmm. You know, um, and was able to at that point move on and be complete. I've completed my communication symbolically, you know. Um, or people have been known to write letters in the same sort of fashion and then burn them in a ritual where they, you know, imagine that as the smoke goes up into the sky, it's, it's, it's reaching that person, you know. So there are ways to complete your communication with your sister um, without having to do it directly because it sounds like any direct way of doing that would cause tremendous pain for you mm-hmm. and for her, uh, but more importantly here in this conversation for you um, and, uh, and, and, you know, for your mom if she's watching, it sounds like too because mm-hmm. that was one thing that you said too is that she would hate to see you guys embattled. Mm-hmm. So... Um, what do, you, what do you hear in that that might be helpful for you? Oh, I, I, I it just, it's, I hear a sense of completion, which mm-hmm. I, which has, it's been driving me crazy because I, it's, it just, I feel like this is just going on and on and on. And, um, and at the same time, I know that my sister somewhere feels, or I think she feels, some sort of guilt about not being able to complete things, but also feeling that she has so much to hide. You know, someone who lies a lot and has, and has been doing it and has a lot, uh, you know, they have a lot to cover. A lot mm-hmm. of, you know, they have to back check, oh, my God, what did I see here? And, or I have to lie and now I'm twisting, you know, I have to change, I have to flip-flop basically and, you know, I have to make sure that I continue. I say, oh, yes, this is what I said, you know, and change, twist the truth, rewrite history. And so that's got to be stressful for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know she's on a lot of medication. Some of it's legal, some of it's not. And I, you know, 
no matter what she's done, I don't want to cause her more pain, as you've mentioned, you know, the fact that it would could be painful for her. And in you know, hearing all this and speaking it out, I realize I just want this done. I so that because even talking about it or thinking about it, I start to feel sick and I really would like to feel um completion and calm and I think um, letting it go and as you said or as I had mentioned earlier writing but I love the idea of the letters mm-hmm. um, I think that will get me unstuck because it's definitely taking up way too much energy you know of my own energy it's taking up way too much of my mind it's keeping me from doing things that I want to do and it's keeping me stuck yeah yeah, yeah, because that's really what it sounds like is that this is really an issue of how do you take care of yourself and move on more than, you know, how do I get my sister to do what I need her to do? <laughs> Even though what you need her to do is right and just and is the right thing to do, right? It's like, well, you know, we can be right or we can be free. Mm-hmm. You know, and at some point, and you know, you, you get to decide this for yourself. You know, at some point, um, when when do we give up trying to be right, mm-hmm. so that we could be free? Right. And you know, only only we know that for you know, any one of us only knows that for ourselves. So, um, but uh, it sounds like that's that's a bit of a valuable part of the conversation for you to absolutely kind of digest a little bit. So, well, great. Well, Stephanie, thank you. Thank you so much for calling the show tonight, and uh, I appreciate your listening to Mark My Words, and thank you so much uh, for, for calling in, um, and I wish you the best of luck. Oh, thank you so much, Mark, not just for taking my call, but for helping me so much with this. I really, really appreciate your coaching. Oh, certainly. My pleasure, Stephanie. Have a great night. Thank you. You too. Well, that about wraps it up for tonight, as I invite you to mark your words if you'd like. If you have feedback about the show, just go to markmywordsradio.com and scroll down to the feedback link. If you'd like to follow the Life Coach Radio Network on Blog Talk Radio, just visit us at www.blogtalkradio.com slash network and then click on the follow button. Also, visit our website at www.lifecoachradionetworks.com and learn about all of our networks. I hope you enjoyed the past hour and that you found it engaging, enlightening, and stimulating. You can listen to Mark My Words live on the first and third Sundays of every month at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, as well as listen to any previous show from my archives at markmywordsradio.com and on iTunes by searching Mark My Words. I look forward to speaking with you all again next time. Thank you for listening to Mark My Words. I'm Mark, and those are my words. Good night.